Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day, Father, and we thank you for the amazing grace, Father, that you sent here on Easter Sunday morning, Father. And Father, we know that you, your son, will leave the 99 and go after one. And that's what he did Sunday morning. Father, we thank you for the salvation. We thank you for the salvation to Danielle, Father, and pray that you just grow in her life as we minister to her, the church family, Father. May we just lead her in the right ways, Father. And just thank you for all the, uh, not just salvation, Father, but all the hearts that you have mended Sunday morning, Father, and every morning, Father, if we come to you, we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your blessed Son and his precious blood, the amazing grace that was shown to us on the old rugged cross, Father, at Calvary. And so, Father, we can take this time, Father, to give you back just a small part of what you bless us 100% and above with, Father, to show you our love to you. May you bless this offering, Father, and you need to multiply your kingdom. Father, be with those in our military service and heads them in your power and your angels around them and those who are doing the missionary work, Father, heads them, Father, let them be bold in your in the witness for you and through your word, Father. May many souls be brought to Jesus, Father. For I feel the time, Father. I feel the crimson flow. And also, Father, I feel them clouds begin to gather around the throne. And Father, I know that one day soon, very soon, you're going to call your son to us. And he'll join us and meet us in the air, Father. The remnant, those who are washing the blood of the Lamb, will meet the Lord in the air. We will forever be at the Lord, Father. And I look forward to that day and also pledge my life and loyalty to you, to be a minister of you, your voice, please, Father, to reach as many for Jesus as we can possibly do until that day, Father. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory, our precious Lord and Savior, the keeper of our souls, and the captain of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I was glad when they said, let's come to the house of the Lord, amen? amen. I was glad my heart rejoiced to come open God's word and read about Jesus. The song I just played earlier today um, reminds me a lot of when I was uh, three or four years old. Mom used to take us over to the Christian daycare, Melrose Baptist Day School. We'd sit on a gym floor, and our gym was about the size of this room, real small children's gym. But every day they made us take a nap on cots. We'd lay on those cots on the floor, and our nap time, everybody grab your cot and get on the floor and take a nap. And to put us to sleep, they'd put this projector in and it would play the songs like just like we sang today and this is my father's world we have a story to tell the nation i love to tell the story and then have biblical characters that they would show on this rolodex type old-fashioned film projector it didn't move it was just pictures and it showed jesus sermon on the mount and it showed daniel and the lion's den it showed all kinds of heroes of faith david and goliath it would show those pictures during those songs and boy, you just really, when it's darkening and you see those pictures just kind of just jump out at you, you know. And before long, everybody in that room's asleep. Everybody, before long, everybody in that room has peace of the Lord in their hearts. And I mean, I've seen some of the most heathenistic children you've ever met in your life get on those cots and go to sleep. I was one of them. I'm talking about terrors when they're awake. Tackle you and nail you to the floor. But get that, get them words of their life. Words of God being preached to through a song and see those pictures. And still today, I can bring those pictures in my mind. I can see them just as clear as I can. And I'm looking at y'all and seeing you. That's how profound the Word of God is. And I'll tell you that's something else. A child, when he's about Ethan's age, until he gets about Hannah's age, they take in more in those years than any person ever with the rest of his life. 
they're, they take in so much. He's hearing me right now. No, he's not looking at me. He hears everything I say. He's reading and hears everything I say. And they take in that much. A child will take in 30% of what he hears. An adult will take in about 5% of what they hear. A child will take in 30%. It'll take in 75% of what he sees. Now, folks, that should tell you something right there. What kind of example should we be living in front of our children and grandchildren? And so on as adult. Adult will take in 75 what they see. That's why Jesus said, if you hear those who have ears to hear, let them listen to what I have to say. But also, the most important part of that is for us to draw the words of God, these words of life, in our life, and be examples of those all week long in front of them. Because they remember 75% of what they see. Okay? And guess how much they remember what they read? 50. So it's not bad. Okay? But most of what they see, they remember. That's what we're all. That's what. That's why God has made this gospel so simple to people. But yet, in the simplicity form, the simplest form of that is living out these words of life in front of your siblings, in front of your family, in front of those who are at work. Living that the words out in front of them. That's what makes the difference. What they remember. And when you give them, there's about twenty different types of preaching. When you go to seminary, they teach you all different kinds of preaching. But the one I like the most is pictorial. And that's what I do the most of. That's why I make you hungry when I talk about mouthwater and biscuits with homemade gravy poured on top of them right out of the oven. See? Put those pictures in your mind, see? That the Word of God may be more appealing to you than big crown roast with potatoes, see? And onions baked in there and that rich gravy coming off that. That rich gravy coming off that big crown roast. The Word of God, you just want to eat, eat the Word of God just like that. But pictorial... Puts a, plants a picture in your mind, in your heart of hearts. And so when I tell you that Jesus, yes, Jesus did break bread with them. And then he said, I am the bread of life. You put the picture in your mind and sitting at a table with Jesus. And then breaking my bre- the bread and saying, this is not only just bread, this is my body. Take this and eat it. And if you take this and eat of this and do this in remembrance of me, you'll have springs of living water running from you. You'll have me in you. And this you do until I come again. They observe this. And this is a blessing to you. And you remember that forever when you hear it. I have guys that I've met, which I preached to in the prison ministry 20 years ago. And I see them in stores and highways. And I say, you know that sermon you preach at the jail ministry back so-and-so 20 years ago? I'll never forget that, Brother Darrell. I'll never will forget that because the illustration, they said, just stuck in my mind. Well, it's a known fact that those are incarcerated if you give them a pictorial, because a lot of them can't even read, folks. You give them a pictorial lesson in their mind, put a picture up here, they remember it forever. We have a man that cannot read in this church. I don't mind telling you that because he is a genius when it comes to putting things together. He can overhaul a tractor. They won't let him drive, though, because he can't read a sign. I guarantee he can drive blindfolded from his house to here. But the city won't let him drive because he cannot read. But if I tell him something, he never forgets it. If he hears it one time, he never forgets it because he puts a pictorial image. When he says, Brother Darrell, when you preach, I put a story right here. I put a storybook. I put a picture of what that represents right here. And he said, I'll never forget it. And he can tell anybody 20 years later, can tell you. That's Brother Nathan. He can tell you anything you want to know about a certain sermon. Don't need any notes. 
You got it right here. See, so God uses people just like him to witness to other people. And what a blessing he is to have. He'll do anything you tell him to do. Very obedient. The Lord uses all of us, folks, if we're willing to just walk with him. Just to walk with him is all he asks. He doesn't ask for us to do anything but just walk with him. When we're walking with him, we're doing all the things we're supposed to be doing, okay? We're walking right alongside our Lord Jesus. So today we have victory. Today we have victory in the Lord Jesus. Um, turn your bowels this morning to Luke. You're going to have to listen fast. I got a lot of scripture. I went over about a thousand scriptures. I got to whittle down to 900 this morning. So I got to whittle down pretty good here. But I'm going to be starting in Luke chapter 24 and verse 13. I don't know if you ever heard the road to Emmaus. You ever heard the road to Emmaus? And some churches do the Emmaus walk where they guide you through the scriptures and you do a walk. Two men met Jesus this day. Their lives were never the same on the road to Emmaus. Used to be a song, Three Dog Night, saying, I don't know about you rock and roll fans. How does your light shine on the road to Chandra-La? Yeah. These guys' light shine brightly on the road to Emmaus. How did that light shine? How did that light shine, Paul, on that road to Damascus? How bright did that light shine? Both of these met the Lord. And how bright that light shine? It shined through their soul and their heart. In their lives and changed men. They became because of it. Just read along with me here. I'm going to start in verse 13 of chapter 24. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furloins, which is seven miles for all you Bible scholars. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, now remember this, two guys, Communion together. Put this in your pictorial. Two guys walking down the street in a dirt road. Jesus has been crucified. They don't know he's risen yet. He's been crucified. And they're they're just communing together. They're comforting one another. But, oh, Lord, I thought he was going to ride up on a white horse, and now he's gone. They're communing together. Remember what Jesus said. And they communed together and talked and reasoned. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I know in your mind you can remember this story Jesus says about whether two or more gather together, I will be in the midst of them. This first time, boom, here it is right here, folks. They're just talking together. They're communing together. Oh, about this great prophet, and boom, he's there. But yet their eyes were blinded or held that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them whose name was Cleopas, which is Jesus' uncle, by the way, for you Bible scholars, Mary's brother-in-law. Just do that in there. Now, I won't charge you any extra for that. Brother Mickey, I ain't going to charge him any extra for that. <laughs> How do you know that, Brother Douglas? I went to seminary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he answered, saying to him, Aren't thou a stranger in Jerusalem? We imagine telling Jesus this. And hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? They said unto him, Oh, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed. Now he at least called him a prophet, okay? And he's prophet mighty indeed in word and indeed before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. They did deliver him according to the prophet Isaiah. They did deliver him. 
But yet, what did Jesus say? You have no power over me. Nobody delivered me except for myself. I tell you, deliver me is my Father in heaven. For no man touches the Son of Man without his permission. That's what he's telling them. I'm here to lay myself down that cross. Matter of fact, Jesus crawled on the cross. They didn't have to put him there. He crawled on to it. So he's saying these things. Be, be as a prophet that told them, and be crucified. But we trusted. So this is what we trusted in. We trusted in what the other Jewish guys had told us. And it being he which had, should have redeemed Israel. They should come up with a white horse, big swords, 10,000 men behind him and wiped all the Romans out, redeemed Israel, and took up his throne as Mount Zion right there forever, okay, like King David. But see, he didn't come that way because they had not heard even the prophets. That's why the Lord Jesus knew they wouldn't understand this until he opened their eyes. But yet, the best part yet to come. So hang in there. Hang in there. But we trust, in other words, we put our confidence in that he would have redeemed Israel. And besides all this, today, the third day, since these things were done, and we haven't seen him yet. He ain't seen him. Like he said, I'm going to rise the third day. We don't see him walking around. I don't know where he went. Well, he's right there beside you, okay? <laughs> but you don't know it because he's, blind, he's blinding your eyes. And he can do that. A lot of times we walk right beside Jesus, we don't even feel him there. We're following him, walking right beside of him, and saying, Lord, you ain't been in anything I've done today. And he said, well, you need to check and see who, turn around behind you sometimes and see who you're following, okay? He said, because I've been with you. But so far, the only agenda I've got is yours. <laughs> and none of mine's been involved, okay? Because you ain't given me the day yet. When you give me the day, I'll take those blinders off your eyes so you can see when you give me the old day. Not to join you in your work, but you join me in my work, okay? That's what we're there for, folks, to join him in his work. And he says, besides all this today, the third day, since these things were done, and they keep rattling off, and yea, certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying, that they had also seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. Now, I ain't saying that they told us this, and it was it was truth. They just said what the women had said, okay? And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Nobody had seen him yet. And he said he's going to rise the third day, and nobody's seen him yet. Well, they fixing the, like Forrest Gump said, God showed up. So he's fixing to do that, okay? But he said, then he said unto them, O ye fools and slow of heart to believe. All the prophets have spoken. This is a prophet coming out in Jesus, okay? This is a prophet not worrying about how they're feeling, how far they've walked, how sore their feet are, how many calluses they have on their big toes from their sandals grinding. But he's saying this, ye fools, ye fools. And slow of heart to believe. All the prophets have spoken. He said the prophets long before I came along had spoken of me. But he's not telling them this. He's telling more, this is Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. Whenever you see him, this is Jesus of Nazareth, all these things were spoken true about him. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? At the beginning of Moses, he started. All the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now, why I told you there was a seven-mile walk? Because a seven-mile walk took about eight hours back then. It wasn't like you go in the grocery store. They walked a while, and they communed while they sit, and they got a little water out of the stream. They didn't. They weren't on this fast-paced walk. 
So they got to hear the most high prophet of all prophets. They got to hear very, very concerned, very strict, like someone reading out of the scroll, Jesus expound to them all the scriptures, things concerning himself. He would preach to you for eight hours. Okay? And buddy, let me tell you what. They were preached to. And I mean, it's like they didn't have time. I, I, I even opened their mouth. Okay? Jesus was expounding. When he says expounding, he's exegeting. He, mean, he is proclaiming the word like a prophet. Like they're standing in front of Isaiah. And Isaiah's saying, he did. With his stripes, we were healed. Our iniquity was placed on his back. Okay? And he's, he's, he's proclaiming the word. And they, they can't even open their mouths except for being jaw-dropping awesome, awestruck. Then this guy knows the scripture. He knows the scripture. He must be one of them guys in the palace, you know, one of them rabbis. <laughs> and they drew nigh into the village where they went. And you think they'd say, yeah, see you later, buddy. Hey, bye. But see, when Jesus talks to you, when he communes with you, his words burn in your heart. It should burn in your heart. See, I think a lot of things, we, we get an inspiring message. We hear the preacher preach on Sunday morning, and it inspires our hearts. And then we get home after we eat about four courses of Mexican food with too many jalapeno peppers in it. Then we have gas. But see, that's how far the inspiration went. The words burn in our heart, and they turn into indigestion. See, Jesus is saying, my words should burn in your heart continuously. No antacid should take that out away from you. See? What he's saying is, my words are the words of life. When you believe in one of them, you believe in them all. When you believe in them all, they come and they abide in you. Then when you're out in the workplace, those other six days a week, my words will come out of you. And my words will have healing in them. My words will have power in them. My words will convict hearts where they need to be in God. See, without you even noticing, without you even noticing it, my heart will, the words will convict other people. Not that you're going to save everyone you come to. No, the, you don't save them anyway. The Lord saves them. You're a mouthpiece for him. You're planting seeds. But when they drew nigh to the village, they said, oh, we just can't get enough of this. Come on, preach on, preacher, preach on. What they're saying. Come stay with us. Come home with us. And they constrain him saying, abide with us. For it's toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and he blessed it and he broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were open and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Boy, I want to jump on him his feet, I guarantee you. When they, knew, when they knew him, who he was, when they finally recognized him, they want to jump at his feet. But what did he do? He vanished, disappeared. If they'd have known, if they'd have been like, if they'd have been like, some of the men who, like John, stood by the cross. They had known him. And when soon as he said, Oh, full of heart, slow to believe, when soon as he come up beside them, they had known him then. Just think of the beautiful fellowship they'd had, walking with him and just praising him and worshiping him all the way to Emmaus. But no, that old hard blocked head, that callous, what I call not head, head. That's the only words I can come to sometimes in English. In English, in East Texas English, Brother Walt, you don't have to. You can take that out when you get ready to pro set on the board there. But, but these knotheads, okay? <laughs> these stiff neck heathen, 
But they had their own laws, their own set of views, and they was waiting for Jesus to come in line with their system, see? He's supposed to come in line with that, with that Davidic kingdom, see? And the law and Davidic kingdom come in. That's why Jesus started with Moses. I'm going to tell you something, see? Because of Moses, you should know who I am. Because of Isaiah, you should know who I am. Because of Ezekiel and and Habakkuk, you should know who I am. Because of Amos, you should know who I am. Because of David and the Psalms, you should know who I am. But you don't. But you don't. That's why I call you fools. But see, I'm going to leave you as fools. I'm going to leave you even as orphans. Because when I go to be at the Father in just a little while, I'm going to send you back the comforter the one who knows your heart, the one who gives you all truth, the one who will give you all meaning, the one who reveal me to you. And see, he's going to take that old hard head of yours. He's going to place my words in there. He's not going to place them in your head. He's going to stamp them in your heart. Then you will know who you walk with that day. But now I'm just going to open your eyes for a little bit. Then you're going to say, oh, I want him. There he is, and then I'm going to be gone. And they said one to another, then our heart burned within us when he talked. Along the way, why he talked with us and why he opened to us the scriptures in our minds, in our hearts, how he, how he expanded on each scripture of the prophets that told who he would be. See, we got to that part about in Malachi. He got to that part where the prophet Malachi said, and the Son of Man will rise with healing in his wings. Some scripture said in the son of righteousness. In the son of righteousness. Now who's the son of righteousness? Is anybody else in the Bible could be considered the son of righteousness? No. Because God said there is none righteous. Not one. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So who, who can Malachi be talking about? Only Jesus. The son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. Now what kind of healing is that, folks? That temporal healing for Israel? They'll be done with their leprosy. No longer they worry about having leprosy again. No. It is complete healing in Christ. Complete healing means it's mental healing, physical healing, spiritual healing. Divine healing, what he's talking about is eternal healing. He said when the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in his wings, he's going to draw his people, his chosen people, Israel, back to him. And all them old nasty Gentiles, guess what? He's going to draw them right in with him. And everybody, all nations will have healing from his wings. Those who believe in him will be healed eternally. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but there ain't a better thing can happen to a man or a woman or a child in this world than have the Son of Righteousness wrap those healing wings around you and for you to heal his healing and for you to feel his healing even when you're hurting even when you're in pain and sorrow, even when you're going through mental hardships. He's already promised you there's going to be a day when he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, just 100% complete, expounding joy for everyone. You can't even you can't say one word of backbite about anybody. It won't even be in you. You'll be praising the Lord Jesus. You'll be ministering to one another. What does love one another like Jesus loves us? That's the abiding, folks. That's the abiding. Christ Jesus' word should always burn in our hearts. Matter of fact, Brother Larry Rockert, a good friend of mine I worked with for years in Machine Shop, he wrote a beautiful song, and the name of that song is You Burn in My Heart. 
you burn in my heart. Lord, you burn in my heart. That's continuous. You see, when I think of you and think about the Lord and think about the day that you brought me to you and the day you saved me, the day you set me apart, you burn in my heart. The Lord Jesus should always burn in our hearts, dearly beloved. There should never be a time when he does not burn in our hearts. When he burns in our hearts, he burns all the dross away. Just like the sun, when it comes up in a foggy day, you can't see your hand in front of your face. And they long to that sun burns all that darkness away. Burns right through that fog. When the Lord Jesus came to you and saved you, he took you by the hand. You're in complete darkness. And the Lord Jesus took you by the hand and lifted you from that grave, that pit of darkness. And together you walked right into the beautiful light. And see, for a lot of us, that day was years ago. We got much mileage on us since that day. A lot of mileage on us since that day. The Lord said today, it should burn our hearts. It's like it did the first day he saved us. It should never get stale. Never get complacent. It should never grow old. But it's still today, it's a story that you love to tell. It's like the song says, I love to tell the story. It never gets old, but I love to tell the old, old story. There were 2,000 years ago, my Savior hung on the cross. The King of glory, the King of all heaven, the King of my heart hung on the cross and knew me even back then and knew how sinful man was, knew how much evil was in men's hearts and still went to the cross for them. Past sins, present sins, future sins, sins that are being even alive today. He died for them too. See, folks, because he, the whole time he was on the cross, we were on his mind. Now, some folks say, hey, man, that's great. Now, I'm, I, am a, I am a born again believer now. I can do anything I want to do. Wrong. Because you're a born again believer, you're freed in Christ. You're free to follow him. Lord Jesus said, you ain't good for nothing if you can't deny yourself. Take up your cross, not his. Take up your cross and follow him. The Lord Jesus knew that we'd have the biggest problem with number one. It would be our biggest problem. We like looking after number one. We always have. It's natural. It's very natural to look after number one. The second thing is, man, we have a problem with looking after our family. Man, nobody comes against my family. You come against my family, you got me to deal with. The Lord said, you must deny yourself. You must take up your cross, not your wife's cross, not your children's cross, not grandma and grandpa's cross. But take up each one of us have a cross to carry and then follow Christ Jesus. But let me tell you, the, what's beautiful about that story is he gives you the power to do it all. You can't do it in your own strength. So he gives you the power to do that. Deny yourself. Put in first place. Lord, I know I can't do this. I need you. You just denied yourself. Put him first. Take up your cross as soon as you pick your cross up. The Lord Jesus is right behind you, and the cross is already on his back. Because my burden is light and my yoke, or my burden is easy, my yoke is light. Someone got it backwards. Somebody help me with that. My yoke, my yoke is light, Brother Mickey. My burden is easy. My burden is light. Yoke is easy. I got it mixed up. I got like a whirling blender going on in there. But he promises you, he promises you, you just make the first step to pick that cross up. And he's helping you carry your cross. Matter of fact, he does most of the caring for you. He wants to see the attitude of your heart. He wants to see your eyes turn upon Jesus. He's going to help you through that. And then when you become that, when you pick up your cross, deny yourself and take up that cross and follow me, you're in the position where you can follow Christ. 
And he is never going to lead you astray, folks. Never. All the problems men have in this history of this world have been from following themselves and not Christ. All the problems we have as nations have been, have been trusting in man, but not in God. Because God has never let us fail. And Christ Jesus will never let us fail. He's on the throne, folks. No matter who's in office, he's on the throne. And he prevails over every decision ever made. It's like God Almighty, is, when you think of him as a judge, don't think of him as a, as a judge with an anvil knocking you on the head and you're guilty as charged. Think of him as being your advocate. And no matter what the, what, no matter what the adversary says over here and it's placed upon you, well, he's done this and he's done that and she's done this and she's done that. And yes, she's done, committed adultery and done these things. Guess what he says? Overruled. <laughs> Overruled it. Overruled by the blood of the lamb. Overruled by the crimson flow, overruled by my son who hung on the cross for your sins, overruled. Amen. Brother Mark, tell him at work about that. Amen. God bless you. <laughs> overruled each time. He overrules it. When the grave takes your body one day, where well, every one of us is going to die. Every one of us. Everybody in this room is going to. It's appointed upon man wants to die. And then what? Then the judgment. And folks, I got news for us as Christians. Just like an old soldier said one time, he said, when you bury me, don't play taps, play reveille. Well, this soldier here believes this earth is in heaven. I'll rise like my Savior rose. So when I die and you see me in the ground, don't play taps over me, play reveille. Well, this soldier's in heaven with his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the way it will be with us. Everyone who's in Christ Jesus will be there, folks. That's why I told the guy at the funeral home, I've been there a thousand times doing funerals. I said, can I rent one of these? I don't, I don't need to buy it. I ain't going to be in it long. Okay? <laughs> the day you put me in the grave, I'm already in heaven. So if I can just rent that, like maybe for eight bucks or something like that. Because <laughs> it costs so much now for funerals. <laughs> can I just rent that by the hour? <laughs> I ain't going to be in it long. Because I've already seen a glimpse of that city, folks. My eyes have seen a glimpse of that city. I know where I'm going. You should know where you're going. You should never lose that burning your heart for the Lord Jesus. That burning your heart is what makes you tell others about him. You should never lose that zeal, that fighting zeal for the Lord. Never lose that. Let anything close your spirit. Let never let anything rob your joy. Amen. As Christians, you have all the power in heaven, all the facilities of heaven. When you say perfect access to the Father and you sick him on somebody, he is already there, folks. When you sick the Holy Spirit on them, he is already there. When you sick those ministers of fire, they're already there. And they're doing their winnowing work for God, whatever he wills. So you have the mighty privilege and honor of prayer. You don't have to go against anybody else and try to fight them in your own strength. You tell the Father, cast all your cares upon him. He takes care of everything else. He takes care of the adversary. He takes care of things you worry about that never happen. <laughs> okay? He's already taking care of those things. And he gets you through those. Let you know, and this too shall pass. Amen? Whatever situation you're in, you might have been in the storm or not, but joy comes in the morning, dear beloved. Joy comes in the morning. We get us through every trial and have much joy received every new morning. Great is our faithfulness. Oh, Lord, great is our faithfulness. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, Lord, thanking you for this blessed service. And Father, thank you for speaking to our hearts. And Father, thank you for your word, which convicts our hearts, Lord, to be those lights you call us to be. 
Those ministers of light, Father, are always by our side. They're always ministering and always protecting us and ministering for us and going ahead of us and behind us, beside us to protect us. Your Holy Spirit, Father, fills us, enables us to do the work you call us to do. We will never restrict or grieve him, Father, and in, in the work and walk with you as we join you in your work, Father. Let him have his way with us. And, Father, so many people will come to Jesus. If we just get out of ourselves, let your Holy Spirit invade us and do the work he has called us to do. Just follow him and keep our eyes on Jesus. And, Father, I know that we'll be better Christians and we'll draw all men to you and draw them into the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. And thank you, our Father in heaven, for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.